0: On this week's show, Derry Athletic Chairman Jim Parmenter and why he stepped down from the National League board.
1: It has now become a really serious problem, I believe, for a lot of clubs, and I think it will continue to be. And I just couldn't sit back and not say something.
0: And Ebsfee United CEO Damien Irvine hopes that the season can continue for the fleet.
2: There is probably a way to finish the season whilst keeping going with the the South. and There is a growing number of clubs um, that are... in that view.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, brought to you in association with SCSA Sports Management. Another week, and we're really no closer to knowing what's next for the National Leagues, with all manner of ideas being thrown about as we wait for the result of the vote by the clubs. We're going to try and make head or tail of it. Uh, I'm not confident. Uh, And we have another pair of top interviews from our clubs for you to enjoy. Uh, I'm John Phipps, who on Tuesday, brave conditions that felt like minus six to carry on a silly running streak. And of course, I'm joined by the man, the legend, who I'm assuming didn't win the Euro Millions on Tuesday, as the lucrative job offer I was promised is yet to materialise. Uh, Matt Gerard, how are you, pal? Yeah, not bad, mate.
3: Yeah, I didn't, I didn't win the uh, Euro Millions, but it's it's gone big again, mate. So I have gone Friday. So it's oh, well, if, if, if it goes millions.
0: well, I'll have to put me uh, put me wage demands up then. Yeah, I think if we do win that, yeah. So much snow where you are? We have got plenty here. Uh, we've got a, quite a bit actually I mean because we, obviously we're right on the coast so we don't tend to get a lot uh sort of settling or pitching as uh as Haley insists it, it is but we've had quite a bit we've had some this evening as well and I mean it was even uh sort of there was a coating on the car uh, and a little bit in the garden but n- nothing major no snowball fights or anything no,
3: we managed to make a snowball not a snowman even in our garden so it came down pretty hard this afternoon and. I've looked out the window now since I have come home as well. The car's covered, so uh, plenty of snow. Yes. So um, it, to be fair, I thought it was um, piss poor snow on Sunday. I was, like, <laughs> on that. I was really disappointed. Was, you couldn't really make it snowball. So as snow goes, I was the consensus being it could have been better, but it's nice to have a bit of snow. But I walked to work the last couple of days, and it was absolutely lethal <laughs> Tuesday night on the pavement. And I thought it's probably actually. Uh, Safer to actually
0: drive my car, so um, I going back in today. So yeah, no, I've not. I mean, I've not been far. I went so I went running yesterday, and it was a mat. It was. I went running in the snow on Sunday, which was bad enough. And then yesterday, uh, I went out, and it was just a really strong wind. It was freezing cold. Uh It was, but I had, I made sure that I had the wind behind me when I was coming back, so at least it felt better coming home uh, than on the way. But uh yeah, it's it's just horrible, isn't it? and and the thing is, is we've talked a lot about. Uh, all the football and everything that, that obviously there's been the massive knock-on of, of, of COVID, but a winter where matches are being called off left, right, and centre not really ideal, is it?
3: No, not for this situation as well. When you Welling having games off, Dover having games off, and well, will we ever get to the end? But I suppose we can discuss that very, very shortly.
0: <laughs> will there be an end? That is the other <laughs> question. Uh, it's our 158th episode this week, and when I did my little search for that, I found a book with those numbers in the title. High brown, I thought. So I clicked on the link about the £158 marriage, ready with gags about that being cheap and so on. And then I found the description of John Irving's book, which explores the sexual revolution era trend of swinging via a glimpse into the lives of two couples in a small New England college town who enter casually into such an affair with disastrous consequences. Apparently the name though is related to wrestling with £158 thought to be by one of the dirty wife swapping sods to be the most competitive weight so, um, are, are you oh, into right.
3: swinging, Matt?
0: <laughs> um, I haven't really
3: brought the subject up with my wife, so no, <laughs> not really.
0: No, I don't uh, know if it's true, but um, you know those plants that go outside the front of your house, like some people have them, the big, tall ones with like the green and then the the like big sort of leaves on the top. Yeah. Apparently, if you've got them in your front garden, that's a sign that you're a swinger. Oh,
3: right. Is that a bit like if you've got uh, shoes above the sort of? Uh, telephone cable thing that means
0: that you can buy drugs have you seen that one i've heard that one yeah a pampas grass apparently right. uh apparently that is people say that uh it was if you had it outside your house if you have pampas grass outside your house it indicates that you're up for for, for a bit of swinging so if you've got <laughs> any in the front garden matt right, I'd, right. I'd have a conversation with your wife this evening no, probably. Right, right. i
3: don't know i don't know what pampas grass looks like so you have to maybe tweet that after that and see what See what happens on, on our Twitter. But no, uh, is there anything else? I, I know shoes is drugs, isn't it? A couple of pets tied up. I don't know any more things hanging out people's house,
0: No, I don't know. Um, no. All right. um, well,
3: maybe next week we can find out, if we're to- not talking about football, things can <laughs> prove stuff outside your house.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, but yes, I shall tweet out the link about the, uh, a, a link that I have from uh, The Independent. Uh, the headline says, Pampas grass sales drop due to swinging connotations. Oh wow. So uh, we, well it,
3: well it was only episode 158 we've got on swinging so
0: there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I knew it would happen eventually. I, some probably would have thought it would have been episode 69. Hey. <laughs> We're here every week, believe it or not. Um Anyway, enough of that. Let's talk about the National Leagues then, where the future of the three divisions still remains very much up in the air. As was the case last week, it's a constantly evolving story. And earlier this afternoon, Tom Ridge Angels have released a very hard-hitting statement, warning that without further funding, they will be insolvent by the end of this month if they have to keep on playing. We will discuss that later on. As first, we want you to hear this interview with David Athletic Chairman Jim Parminter. On Sunday, Jim put out a statement announcing he has resigned from the National League board. With both of Dover's games postponed this week, Matt didn't get the chance to see Jim in person, but he did manage to get him on the phone. His first question of this must-listen interview was, was it a difficult decision to resign?
1: It was extremely difficult, Matt. I mean, I've been on the board for six years now and always tried to do uh, what I thought was right for all the all the clubs in the competition. Um I've been trying for uh, some time from within to, to uh, persuade people that some of the things uh, we were doing were not in the best interest of clubs and trying to get decisions earlier. Um, it has now become a really serious problem, I believe, for a lot of clubs and I think it will continue to be. And I just couldn't sit back and not say something.
3: To be fair, you, you've over this whole thing, you've been the, one of the people who... have communicated either as chairman of the club or as a member of the board um, you mentioned there how long do you, you think the decisions have been because you, you yourself have received some pretty heavy criticism from other clubs
1: well one club in particular but we won't talk about that I mean that's just a personal grudge that one particular gentleman's got and you know it's not worth the airtime to be honest um it, it's it, it the board is a collective and the decisions made by the board are a collective not everybody agrees with what happens it's a majority situation but it, it should be clear to everybody that the current situation is uh, is untenable and something needs to be done about it and i'm afraid i just got frustrated uh, to the point that um uh, I, I needed to. Uh, I needed to be sort of saying things publicly because a lot of clubs are scared to say anything because of uh, fear of sanctions and uh, what will happen to them. Uh, but you know, I think this is bigger than that, and I think it's a potential disaster waiting to happen.
3: You know, when the league started, when you got the the grants in October time, did you think that the league would be okay going forward? Now the issues you've got in December, or the decisions back then, have caused this issue, initial issues.
1: Well, let's be clear, look, the, the, I've said it before and I'll say it again, despite what people think or say, the affiliated directors, e.g. those directors who are connected to clubs, did not have any input to the um, original negotiations over the grant funding. That was uh, set up and agreed between the league's executive, the FA executive and um, DCMS stroke Camelot. That was all done, the board simply... Um, voted uh, voted the, uh, the proposition through, it had to be done quickly because clubs were desperate for money um, and, and that's the way it worked. Now at the time uh, I, these are all good people, they did not deliberately mislead anybody, they believed from those conversations that if um, there were no crowds uh, in January then uh, funding would continue it is true. Now it turns out they were not explicitly told it would be in grant form, but it was assumed that. And and was that
3: the was, board was assumed that the child told that or?
1: No, it was the negotiators. So it was the, the it was the un, unaffiliated uh, members, the FA and. Uh, With DCMS and Camelot, and they then uh, translated that to the board in the sense that they told the board that was what would happen, and I'm sure they really believe that. I don't think they deliberately misled anybody, but the fact is they were either mistaken or the government are um, changing the the uh, moving the goalposts, whichever way round it is. uh, It now leaves clubs uh, in a real position. My problem with this is that the the new funding was supposed to start in January on January the first. It is now now uh, what is it February the 8th 9th and I don't believe there's a Sport England meeting till the 19th or the 20th so there is no prospect of any funding of any type uh, before the end of February and that's eight weeks nine weeks and most clubs just can't afford that uh, the bigger clubs can but of course they, they, they won't be the ones that suffer
3: and of course I think it's be mentioned as well after the March the season's still going to go so there's going to be money found after that as well isn't there?
1: Oh, absolutely, I mean we need between three and four Dover Athletic is one of the smallest clubs in the league With one of the smallest wage rolls Needs between three and four hundred thousand pounds To complete the season And at the moment we have zero no. um, That is that is the, that is the Situation And, and we'll, there will be clubs that can afford to carry on Because they're, um, they've either uh, Had a big parachute payment Or they're well funded by uh, very, very rich people. Um, for, you know, for coastal, small coastal clubs, and uh, with 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 just a, a local guy like me trying to support them, it's an impossible situation.
3: Well, going back to the resolution, we'll talk about David's situation in a minute. Um, yeah. the, the decision, we're going the resolution that came out, I think, about a week ago now, and that's still going through. Why was it that they put it out to the clubs rather than the league deciding? Right, we're going to make this decision because. In, we don't seem to have got anywhere in eight days, apart from certain clubs saying one thing and other clubs wanted to do another.
1: Well, I think it's very, I think it's very clear. I mean,
2: litigation
1: or fear of it. I mean, one of the reasons, uh, privately, that was put to the um, members or some of the members was that because of the um, the furor that was created by five clubs uh, over the previous allocations, then uh, there was no way they didn't like government didn't like the publicity, they didn't like the bad feeling and they were not going to put themselves in that position again, so therefore they weren't going to make further grants. So the board members had been threatened personally uh, with legal action by these five clubs for so-called um, misdemeanours, which which is total nonsense. But nevertheless, um, the, the board do not want to make decisions um on their own without going to the clubs because they're, they're worried that any dissenting clubs will, will immediately try and take legal action. And that's a very sad state of affairs for the National League and it's never been like it before. But I'm afraid that is the reality of the situation now.
3: Well, what happens to the board now that you've resigned? Um, do you feel there'll be other resignations, maybe from the chairman or et cetera like that? Because as I say, previously, they've been heavily criticised by the other clubs. Where does the board stand in this position? Are they, you know, some people have said that you've left because it's a sinking ship.
1: Well, I don't think he's a sinking ship. I mean, you, uh, you can have your own opinions about, you know, how how the chairman uh, has uh, has uh, conducted himself. Has he been publicly vocal enough about it? Has he been? Has he led the? Has he led the situation uh, uh, and, and fought for the, the clubs? People will have to make their own mind up about that. I think the board members affiliated to clubs. I think a lot of them privately agree with me. Um, whether they choose to resign or not um, is a matter for them. But um, I, I think it calls into question the formation, the governance of the league, where it fits in football, um, and how we can continue as a league with uh, football league costs and uh, without the income. You know, we're a million pounds behind Division 2 clubs for income from the start, uh, at the start of the season, yet we've got players being paid division One wages in the National League now and it just the whole thing just doesn't fit together properly.
3: On to that resolution, um, where do you think this will go from here? It looks it like, looks like the national League will carry on looking at what's been voted. What about the rest of the league? If you were, where would you think where are we going from here basically?
1: Well I, I, who knows I mean I think, I think that um, the royal clubs in the, the South in particular want to continue. Can afford to continue. Obviously, they must have uh, they must have means to do that. Um, I think I think a majority of north and south will probably vote to stop. Uh, That's just my feeling on it. Um, There there is a massive uh, problem down the line which um, nobody's really um, caught hold of, which I've been saying at board meetings for certainly since January that it is actually against National League rules for these loans that are currently being offered to be given or taken by clubs so the league has um, a big problem because it's, it's encouraging clubs to break the rules in effect um, and uh, and that's a situation which has to be resolved because um, even if clubs want to take loans technically they're breaking the rules by taking them so it's an, in, it's an interesting one I don't think the majority of clubs want to take loans um, I think some will, uh, I think it's folly, but uh, that is the situation, and if the if the National League vote to continue, there will be some clubs, I, I've spoken to some chairman already this week, who cannot, cannot afford to continue, it's not a matter of wanting to or not wanting to. If, you're, if you don't have the money to pay your bills for the next five months and you know you don't have the money, then you're insolvent. And if you're insolvent and you continue to trade, you're breaking the law. It's, it's as simple as that. And uh, I think all directors of football clubs should be well aware of that because that gives them personal liability for any debt that happens in that period.
3: So from a Dover Athletic point of view, um, you know, the league position's not great. So some people will say you want to stop because you want to avoid relegation if there's no National League in the South. If the National League goes on, which we're led to believe it's likely to do, where does Dover Athletic stand? If you've got to carry on, can you resign from the league? What's 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 it go from here? As you mentioned, you need four hundred thousand pounds to see out the end of the season. Where does it leave the club?
1: Uh, It leaves the club in 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 a very difficult position. Um, I I I I just um, I I despair, frankly, um, at it. I mean, it's got nothing to do with league position. At the end of the day, if you get relegated, you get relegated. That's that's football. And, you know, it, it, with the cost now of the National League, National Division, it, it, it might be a blessing in disguise to get relegated. But I don't think that'll happen because, of course, if North and South stop, then promotion and relegation won't happen. Um, it, 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 from our club's point of view, I've been saying it for, I've, I've had to fund it forward for six weeks now, um, which is a considerable um, commitment. What are we actually paying that money for? What are we spending that money for? We're spending it to play games that mean nothing, with no crowds, community work. I mean, what do we play football for? We pay it for the supporters and and for what happens in the community. So we're playing meaningless games uh, in order to subsidise the ambitions of some of the bigger, richer clubs. Um, And I just think it's morally wrong. Um, Will
3: you be forced to parry on playing?
1: You can't force, how can, how can they force you to carry on playing if you can't pay the bills?
3: Well, again, then it comes back to the integrity <laughs> of the division, doesn't it? So, so it, it, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but if, if the National League is forced to go on and there's no north and south, can Dover Athletic say, right, we're not play, no longer playing? Well, we
1: won't be able to. It's as simple as that. Unless, unless there's something coming forward. Um, Which is not it likely. Not likely. No, which looks unlikely by the day. Um, we just simply don't have any income. So if we don't have income and haven't had any income other than government grants since last March, bear in mind, uh, and and the season is looks as though it's going to carry on through June, how do people expect us to pay wages pay the electricity bills pay for the training ground, pay for the cut, the travel, pay for all the things that we have to pay for, the medical costs. If we have no income, it, it just isn't, it just isn't a viable uh, thing to do. So there's going to have to be a decision. And in our case, that decision is going to have to happen probably this week because if we're going to furlough, the way we can survive as a club is to furlough all our staff um, and lock down the hatches. Uh, stop all expenditure we can stop pay the bills we need to pay and then plan for next season and that way we will still be a football club whatever division we're playing in if we carry on trying to trade with no income we will go bust it's a very simple uh, scenario and and people have got their head in the sand and, and de- desperately trying to get government to give grants and loans and, and all the rest of it, it isn't viable and some clubs haven't realised it yet, I believe, but it isn't viable to carry on. It's, it's suicide in business terms to carry on. You,
3: you mentioned the furlough. If you have to furlough, could you? Certain clubs have furloughed and playing sort of reserve and youth teams. Would you be w- willing to do that if you had to furlough the players?
1: No, I think that I, I think that's a breach of uh, breach of uh, uh, credibility. I don't. I don't think we should be doing that. I think um, you know that 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 that. that that messes the integrity of the league up completely. How can the league have, you know, Notts County? You know, don't don't name them for any reason other than they're a big club playing Dover Athletic under 19s. I mean, it just isn't, it just it just isn't a credible thing to do. It's, it, it would be nonsense. Do you? To be to, sorry, carry on. It would just be totally wrong.
3: Do you expect something to happen in in this period? Because the 28 days still got another three weeks to go. If I don't know if some clubs are keeping their votes back to keep going for the 28 days.
1: I don't think it will last for twenty-eight days. I don't. Certainly, in our case, it won't. Um, you know, we, we just don't have the funds to continue. And I don't. Uh, you know, we've applied for a grant from um, the, uh, from Sport England. We're told that we won't be getting grants. We're told we might be getting a mixture of grant and loan, but you won't be able to take the grant if you don't take the loan. So they're basically holding a gun to uh, clubs' heads, saying you must take loans, which I repeat is against the rules, and and in business terms is completely stupid thing to do for what what are you taking a loan for what if we like if we borrow 250 000, what are we borrowing that money for we're, we're to, to play a meaningless season uh, uh, for what for who who's you know what why would you do it it just it just doesn't make any sense to me uh, we, play, have... f- we, we, we play football at the end of the day we open our ground and we, we run our club and we play football uh, for the For the supporters and for the town and for, and for everything that brings around the community, we don't play football um, to run around in empty stadia with, with, without the ability to entertain people and, 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 and to do things it's, it's just a nonsense.
3: If you'd have known this now back in October, there wouldn't be grants after january would the, would the league have started?
1: No, I think I, I think ninety percent of clubs, if they'd have been told in um, whenever it was October, look, um, we're going to give you a grant for three months, but after that you're on your own, whether there's income or not. Most clubs wouldn't have started decision. I think most have said that. Um, as I say, there's a great disparity now between this league uh, because of the evil of parachute payments and a few very rich investors between that and, and, and sort of ordinary clubs and that's something that has to be addressed in the future but the but, um, majority of clubs, had they known in October wouldn't have carried on for sure.
0: I've got to say, mate, that's a fantastic interview. Jim has his critics. In fact, even after the statement, some fans of other clubs on social media were still not seeing uh, the bigger picture. But what he said there is absolutely spot on. Personally, while it's great to have him speaking so openly and honestly on the subject for us, I think he's a loss to the board because he's not afraid to stand up for the smaller clubs. And I think what he said there kind of shows that, Matt.
3: Yeah, um, to be fair to him, I think he's, as I said, he's been pretty vocal for Dover and the league at times, and I know he, he's had had his critics about the the funding situation, which we didn't go into. Or I think eventually that may come out rather than later. But he, as you see on his answer there, he says that somebody else decided it, and it was a decision by the board to give that money. So he, I know he's the one who's got the criticism of that because he's the only one who's put his head above the um, parapet to be shot at. So, So from that information, that that, that interview was done on Tuesday morning before his statement came out. So uh, the consensus there, you can see where he's going from. And maybe when we discuss Tunbridge, that, as he said, some other clubs were pretty scared to actually say what they felt in this situation. But at least he's, he's said how it is for his particular, for Dover in particular. And going on the furlough system and needing the money to survive... From my point of view, I'd rather just have my football club rather than the club go insolvent because the likes of Altrincham, etc. want us to carry on to, to promote their promotion push. So, um, so yeah, it's, the most important thing is the, is the future of Dover Athletic Football Club. And Jim Palmer has been chairman for 15 years and he's not willing to throw it down the pan, which I think is, is probably the right decision.
0: Yeah, I, I made some, obviously, some some notes of what he said there, um, just things I, I wanted us to discuss. But uh, he said the clubs, uh, he feels uh, some clubs are scared to say anything and, and that it's a disaster waiting to happen. Uh, and he also added that he felt Dover an impossible situation there. Smallest club in the league with the smallest budget. And and I can kind of understand that. And we saw that in the summer, didn't we, where, where there was all the issue with trying to let players go and, and bits and pieces like that. I said this to day, Matt everyone's saying Dover had too much money out of the out of the national league when the money was given out and we've heard Jim's explanation for that in there anyway but that money's not being spent on bringing in loads of new players who are of national league standard is it it, it, it it's not as if they've if they were top of the league I could understand people saying that but you're not top of the league you're bottom or sorry apologies you're next to bottom of the league so the money hasn't just been used as a bonus to, to sign better players, has it? No,
3: you're going on the basis. If Dover got eighty four three £84,000, I don't know what the Dover budget is, but I'm sure they've got about 20 players plus management staff. So you can probably work out what high end it is of the budget. So clearly, I don't know that. I don't know Dover's wage budget. So certain clubs will say that Dover got £84,000 times three. 250 grand over three months, as he said. There to see the season now, it needs 300 to 400 thousand. So, it, you know, we haven't spanked it on players. Um, the wage bill is some of the players are on very small amounts of money. So uh, you can see where it is. So they have been criticised for that, but that the money seems to be keeping the club going. What it is, and somebody got to realise that the travelling expenses as well for Dover is quite high because where they are. Um, uh, for traveling to clubs, but again, I don't, uh, I don't want to get involved with the debate about the money because I don't know where that money's gone. But I don't think uh, it's been used to keep the club going, and clearly that money has run out. And Jim Palmer's is probably you know he's got a successful business and he's probably not short of a few Bob, but he's not willing to put the money in of his own, and I can fully understand that so.
0: It's We're just, looking at about hundred thousand pound a month, basically, to to run the club. Then, aren't we? So yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. And well, so you know, everything as well.
0: Yeah, the, it, it, pitch, and and yeah, the now. training, the obviously the the wages, but the travel, as you say, all the COVID pr- stuff that they have to put in place for every home game, and obviously they're going to have more home games coming up, and obviously because you have, I guess, so many fixtures left to play, there's more appearance money more you know bits and pieces like that so I, I i really feel for him listening to that
3: yeah and the most important thing is that there's a club to support and i'm saying if dover because if dover are not going to play the games and i'm led to believe that tomorrow they will thursday they will play players on furlough nothing's changed in the 24 hours from that they will be put on furlough they can't play games he said that he won't play the youth team um Uh, like certain clubs have done. Um, I think certain clubs have done that to stop getting um, sanctions from the league, or what does have, because they don't know what's going to happen if you withdraw the fixtures. So I'm taking it that the results for Dover will be expunged, and I presume Dover will be relegated because of this. But the most important thing is whenever we can get fans behind in that I've got a team to support. So, you know, I've lost my dad recently, which is absolutely, you know, and then he'd be absolutely heartbroken if he lost the football club as well. So, uh, and I'm not, you know what I'm coming from there. You know, he's he supported them since the 1950s. So, you know, and that's part of his life and part of my life going forward It's a support them. And I don't want my football club to go. And if that's, if, if they have to take relegation, we have to take relegation. And all these other clubs who are saying it's all about the league position, I'm sure that they would be in the same situation themselves. Some of those clubs have had major financial issues. And they're sort of laughing at Dover's situation, which is, which is not right.
0: Yeah, and I thought as well he did say, it's got nothing to do with our league position. And to be honest, it would be a blessing in disguise to get relegated because of the cost of competing in the National League. And that kind of shows as well, just how well Dover have done over the past, what, four or five years, to have been competing as they have been in the National League.
3: Yeah, yeah. Punching above their weight, bringing in players, that were, particularly under the Canary era, that, you know, got on to bigger and better things. So... But again, you look at the league now. It is we've always thought it's going to be, a, you know, an ex-football league team's paradise, who desperately need to get out of it, and the likes of the, the smaller non-league clubs are always going to suffer for it. And Dover can't compete. And if it has to be in National South, it has to be in National South. Or well, there is people said that the sanctions could be that you could be relegated two divisions. So could Dover be in the Ryman Premier League next season? We honestly don't know. But as we all know, it's an absolute mess with the national league and Jim you know at least he's standing by he could have stayed on the board but his statement which i think was very well delivered on sunday and with that interview you can see the most important thing he's got in mind is the football club
0: absolutely and i mean we we'll, we'll, we'll talk quickly about the uh, the loans situation and we are we are understanding uh, other clubs and the Thomas angel statement does include that that Uh, It is going to be against the rules to take out this sort of loan, as Jim has said there. Uh, It just feels to me again, and I come back to this, who is leading this? Who at the National League is going to take this by the scruff of its neck and say, this is what's going to happen? Because all this is just, it's just silly, isn't it?
3: Well, it is, but clearly he said that, no, the the league doesn't want to make the decisions, what Jim said, because the the thought that they could be, sued by some of the bigger clubs on this so it's back to the clubs to say right you've made the decision you've got to lie in it so it is it is an absolute farce um from from day one and I, I don't know how they're going to get out of this because the 28 days still a few weeks away you've got a lot of clubs not willing to play like dover um can they sanction it well and somebody text me saying right dover could be in all sorts of problems a because jim has criticized the board the league could throw the book at David, couldn't they? Just yeah. to get back at Jim, the kid, on this basis. So, um, yeah, it's 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 worrying times. But you know, Jim, nothing, nothing new. And you know, when we saw it in June or July, when he said the players have to pay pay up because they haven't got the money, and the month, but you know, there's no physical income apart from that. Um, the eighty four thousand. I know people go on about the eighty four thousand, but in basically a year, the streaming doesn't make any money at all. So, you know, and, and traveling on places and that. So you can see why. And the most important thing is to make sure that the club is in existence. And, you know, I'm not a fan of many clubs, John, you know that. Yep. But, but I don't, you know, I don't want clubs to, to fold. Nobody wants that. And, and it's very easy behind the, the keyboard. These people just to basically hope, you know, hope your club, they don't care if our club dies today. Certain people, and that's, and that's wrong, isn't it? So, um, and that, and I guess
0: that's another thing as well. Is like, you know, there was all the uproar about Berry and Macclesfield, and yet we're now in a very real situation where football clubs are putting out statements saying we could go bust by the end of the month, and there's no clamour to get this all sorted out and find a way to fix it. It's almost like everyone's still in it for themselves. Well, you got teams saying, Oh, we lost. Um, so when what, some
3: people are saying, What will the league table look without Dover? Let's sort that out from there. So, which is, and some of these teams have gone bust before themselves. So <laughs> that's the um, thing. It's just a bit, again, that's football fans for you. But the, the National League has got to think about this and resolve it Or from there. If Tunbridge Angels, uh, maybe Jim Parment's statement there, will see other clubs, as he mentioned, who are too scared to sort of say about it. There must be other clubs out there like Tunbridge who physically can't do it. And I don't know if you've seen it, that, that thread by Dulwich Hamlet. It probably sums this up completely because they've basically ripped into everything the National League board has said and done. So, um, uh, yeah, goodness knows what happens if the leagues continue. I've got no idea and it's absolutely crazy. It
0: is absolute. It is is just insane. And I think um, I just don't know. I mean, obviously, your big problem will be Matt. if they deduct you more than 10 points, you'll have to lose them off next season.
3: Oh, very good. Well, well they could deduct us points, I suppose. They're good, couldn't they?
0: Yeah. Yeah, but they haven't got many to deduct. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Thanks,
3: mate. But yeah. But this those is those the thing. Sanctions? They can't find us. We haven't got any money, have we? No. So you could... I suppose the only thing on this, the National League is looking to sort out the leagues out here, isn't it? Yep. The numbers. Yeah. So... Well, <laughs> how many clubs... But the thing is, we, we, we only know Dover are against it. We don't. There's not many claims in the National League have made a statement, have we? A, no. Uh, statement in the public domain.
0: Kings Lynn have how, said something, haven't they?
3: Sorry. Kings Lynn, Kings Lynn Yeah, Kings Lynn and the other one. So, but I think they're going to continue playing these teams. Dover, the only side who said we're not going to play. But and if we've got no money, we can't play. And we could put the reserves in and get told six 0. But then you'll have Stockport shouting that's not fair because we we didn't play Dover or Notts County will be shouting because we lost to Dover that's not fair when you're the full team and other teams haven't got it we could play them twice so yeah. it's an absolute mess and um, I don't know I don't know how we're going to get out of it so I, I'm going on the basis that Dover are going to be relegated and hopefully it will only be one division and hopefully next season we can go again if when there's fans in but what happens if you can't get fans in in August. Where do we go from there?
0: Well, I think, I, I mean, that's a long way off, but given what uh, what news there was this morning from uh, from Grant Shapps, you never know what's going to happen uh, in terms of that. But they, they've got to, if, I think that the question that, that you asked Jim Parmenter that, that I've asked a couple of people as well, if you'd known in October what you know now, would you have started? And the answer to that is no. So I think it will just be that the season won't start until fans can come back in. And I think, that's the sensible thing to do because clubs can reduce their outgoings dramatically if they know that's the state of play. So that's what they're going to have to do because we can't have another season like this. We can't have a third season in a row ruined, can we?
3: No, no. Um, will, they have, will they have, in five years' time, will they have a, uh, an inquest how what went on and all this or is it just be forgotten about when it's all done and dusted?
0: Well, I think the, the I think the biggest inquest will be the next general election, to be brutally honest with you, but uh we well, was... well well I don't
3: know. Well, Going on previous things, mate, nothing will change on
0: that score. No, it doesn't look like it, does it? Uh, Anyway, enough of that. We're not a politics show. And on to our second interview. Now, we've spoken to people from all seven of our National League clubs in the past three shows, with one exception. So it's time to put that right and hear from Ebb's Fleet United. Uh, Fleet managed to play their game on Tuesday night thanks to a Herculean effort from all at the club to make the pitch playable. And they won against Hampton, Richmond, Borough. I caught up with CEO Damien Irvine earlier today. I had a slight technical hitch at the very start, so I sadly lost a bit about the match and the effort to get it on. But this is still another fascinating lesson. So here he is, FC United CEO Damian Irvine.
2: Um, it was it was it was really um, really rewarding for everyone involved, and very good side Hampton and Richmond Borough, and um, and they were great as a club to be fair in 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 working with us to get the game on and to make sure that it could be played. Last night we had scheduled for it to be. Re- uh, rescheduled for tonight, for Wednesday, if there were any pitch problems, which there weren't, um, they were very open minded and helpful. So it was, a, it was a great result. I mean, they're up above us on the table and it's it's starting to um, be moving time for us as a
0: club in terms of chipping away. I suppose um, all of that them helping to get the game on is, is quite a contrast to, to last Saturday when you were hoping to play at Bath. Uh, you even apparently offered to, to help them out with, with some costings, but, but they have said they don't want to play.
2: They have, and and there are a few other clubs in the South as well that, that have taken that view. Game on, but um, uh, and, and, and we respect their view. Their, their view was that on a principled position, um, they were making a decision not to play at this stage, um, and so we, we have to respect that. And again, we did.
0: Where do you think this is all, all going to end up? Because obviously, that they're, they're in the voting process at the moment, uh, some teams are, are voting one way, other teams are vote, voting another. It's it's worrying times, I'm sure.
2: Going to end. um, It's 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 hard to say. The ballot. um, I would I would hope and expect there to be a ballot uh, result of this week. There's no lead on it. There's no guidelines um, in terms of hints of which way it may go. Only from the public statements that clubs have made, and all of that assumes or presumes that the first resolution. And how the first resolution comes out as to whether or not the public statement's really an indication of where the vote is going. Because if the first resolution doesn't pass and the vote remains as it is, um, there is a, a real lack of indication publicly from the national league clubs um, of which way they're voting. Now, if the first resolution doesn't doesn't get up, then um, the the hands look, the decision will really ultimately be in the national league clubs' hands. So that's a huge unknown. If the resolution does get up and the voting system has changed to allow step two clubs to really decide their own fate, then um, from public um, statements, it's very, very, uh, very close to the bone in terms of the majority either way. it's You know, you're looking at it around 18 to 19 votes each at the moment, John, so it's it's very, very tight and very uncertain in that regard.
0: Do you think it's right that the leagues could split or do you think you should all stick together?
2: Um, the, the, the notion of, of, of splitting them is based around a purist altruistic sort of view um, which so many of us do take in football and that is that you know people should vote for their, their own futures and their own outcomes. Where that is a contradiction is a little bit is that we're not really. Because it's step two, um, if the majority, as it looks like being, is in the north, and the, uh, the majority of the north is to cease and null and void the competition, whereas the flip side is uh, is the truth in the south, um, i.e. more clubs want to continue in quite a, a majority than, than cease, then clubs aren't really voting for their own future anyway, because those two divisions are actually um, being uh, being... Uh, the outcome has been dictated by, you know, people in another division. So, so that altruistic view of splitting them, I think, is lost a little bit. I think if you're going to split them, they have to be split so the outcomes uh, uh, are reflective of both the North and the South, John, so that, you know, if the South, uh, majority of the South clubs want to continue, then the South should continue, and if the majority of the North wish to cease, they should be able to cease, so that the more clubs are being catered for, more clubs are being cared for, and and empathy is being used to allow the vast majority of clubs to get what they seek. At the moment, with the Step 2 vote, as it may be, um, a majority of Step 2, um, by one or two votes, will by definition see probably 20 clubs, nearly half of those clubs. Alienated and disenfranchised, and in having their wishes not um, been not being, uh, not being uh, you know respected or, or or not being the outcome of the vote, um, and, and a small minority of maybe twenty one or twenty two might see the, the, their wishes respected out of the vote. So it's not really reflective as it stands. The other side is that the National League voting system has been in place for quite a while under the Constitution. Uh, in our view, is we didn't, as a league, see fit to alter the voting rules or the way we vote to split step two and one uh, last year in May and June when massive decisions were being made around null and void in the season, points per game finalisation, etc. Um, so to now split it seems a little bit inconsistent. Uh, we're either one or the other. I don't think we should split and change and chop and change the voting rules Um just to, you know time to time they're in they're rightly or wrongly whether they're a, a good voting rule with four votes for each the north and south and the, the rest in the national league or not uh, that's a, an argument for another day the fact is that they're in place we haven't altered those constitutionally to date um, for some major major decisions in a similar vein to what this decision is so i think we should stick with it
0: You've touched on last season, Uh, hypothetically, if if the North and South does get null and void and they say there's no promotion, no relegation from the National League, as a team who were relegated by the narrowest of margins on points per game last season, how frustrated would you be if if that was the way it went? Um, We we were very frustrated in summer last year, but we took our medicine. We were understanding that
2: 100% of all clubs weren't going to be satisfied with the outcome of points per game. But that seemed to please the majority of clubs. Um, we just happened to be the one that was the, the finest of margins, and, and, and quite unlucky, it has to be said. Um, so I guess we're frustrated now that the um, the agendas and motivations of different clubs, and clubs will always vote and and manoeuvre for their own purposes and as they should if you're a fan of those clubs that's what you expect the custodians of a club to do but clubs are now arguing against elites that uh, is you know they're arguing for null and void at all costs etc when these same clubs in a lot of ways were, were arguing that null and void was the last thing that we should be doing last year and we must find a, a sporting outcome by points per game which effectively saw us relegated so frustration is is, is probably fair to say and, and I think as a club, we feel that, but I'm more thinking for our supporters, and I'm sure they feel very frustrated by that as well. But if if the season were null and void now, after everything went through last summer, um, uh, we'd we'd obviously have to have a real look at where we sit in that. I mean, how the league is then made up. Um, you know, if a null and void means that everybody stays in their own divisions, there are still. There are still um, numbers that need to be made up in the national league as well, John I mean, uh, we, you know, the national league is running a team short. Had, had Macclesfield um, suffered their fate um, before the AGMs that settled the different leagues into the national league in the north and south, um, we may not have been relegated by those very small margins. As only, um, uh, you know, one less club would have had to go down. Um, so there are a lot of permutations as to what might happen, but. In, in reality the main thing we're focused on and what we want to happen is the season to um, to be completed in its totality
0: and obviously this season you say you had a good win uh, on Tuesday night and moving in the right direction and I guess Dennis is, is, is getting to grips with what need, what's needed in the National League South
2: I think you summed it up very well um, we were saying Before Christmas, I know we spoke and and, um, we said to some supporters in some open sort of online forums that um, this was always going to take time. Um, I think we might have spoken after the Tunbridge game, actually. John, when we yeah. we lost at home to a very good Tunbridge side on the night, um, we, we, we un, unknowingly sort of were just headed into a, a COVID um, situation at the club as well. And that was, a it felt a low time, but I think we said at the time that the, the time to judge is, is always, you know, I guess, at the end of the season because seasons are a work in progress and particularly when you have a new manager and a vastly new squad in place. Uh, we're still nowhere near the finished product and nowhere near where we want to go, but um, the team and the squad and Dennis and the coaching staff are learning every week and have learned every week in terms of, um, you know, it's a tough league and, and in terms of, I guess, the intricacies, the, uh, I wouldn't say the dark arts, but certainly, you know, we, we need we were probably a little bit naive in early rounds in terms of a a few ways we approached matches and closed matches out or or failed to. So it it certainly headed in the right direction. I think the big frustration of the two-week suspension was that we really felt after our performance at Slough um, that, you know, things were really turning. So keeping players and the squads ticking over and keeping any momentum built in this stop-start season is, is probably the biggest challenge of all that we're all facing.
0: But I suppose ultimately all you want to to sum up is is to have the chance to play this out and see if you can get back to where where you think you belong.
2: Yeah and 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 I think we 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 want to see that chance for clubs that can play and and, and want to play um, but we don't want to see the at the detriment of clubs that are simply unable to to do it. Um so in the south particularly we're we're really pushing for an outcome that um, allows those clubs who simply can't play to, to be safe in terms of, and I don't mean safe from relegation or anything like that, I think that goes without saying, but safe from um, the risk of, of their clubs not being around financially um, you know, in, in the future. So that, that's paramount to everyone, but we really do believe there is a way to, to achieve both outcomes by continuing, continuing the season, but also showing compassion and empathy um, under the rules that if a club needs to sit out for the rest of the year, and in the south we're talking a, a minority of clubs there, I think you know maybe three or four, um, then there is probably a way to finish the season whilst keep keeping going with the with the south. And there is a growing number of clubs um, that are, are supporting that view and considering that view, and would support that view if the league took a took an angle that um, perhaps is a way to, to please m- most people. here. Yeah.
0: So you've got two ends of the spectrum there, Matt. Jim's desperate for it to stop. Damien very much wants it to continue. And you can understand where he's coming from. But as much as I I enjoyed that chat and as much as I I really like Damien as a bloke and everything that he's done for Fleet, I I just think the idea of of just continuing without half the clubs, it's just a non-starter for me. Yeah,
3: my first thing on that basis would be how the hell the National League who don't know their left and their right will organise all the fixtures in there. Unless <laughs> you basically expunge the league and say, right, we're starting again from afresh, because that would be absolute chaos. Um, and going back to the resolutions, you probably got to say they put in that the north and the south were one um, entity, weren't they? So yeah. I think, and again, and I, it could be that the, the likes of Blind Spartans could end could end absolute season, which. Some ways doesn't seem right, but as in the same level, it, it probably does just to keep the uh, the way that the systems work. So that's the
0: thing. I mean, uh, you can't have the South continue playing and the North stop because if the South are playing, they are playing for, for promotion places and they will want at least two. And so the North, how are they supposed to then come up with teams to be promoted? It, it's that it. I, I know the frustrations, you know, and at the end of the day, I'm a football person. I want football to continue as as long as it's safe to do so, and I'd you know I'd love nothing more than for there to be a, a pot of money to make it okay for Dover to play, to make it okay for Tom James to play. But the fact of the matter is, if it's, if there are a, if there is a danger of clubs going to the wall, you've got to make sure that everyone's looked out for, and I I feel the frustration of. Damien and of Steve Irving at Dartford and and all those who do want it to continue I get that frustration but you've got to draw the line somewhere and you know this idea of all if you don't want to play it's all right we'll forget about it or the guy from Gloucester who I mean that's an interesting story in itself but saying oh we're happy to host a playoff to fight to, to of all the teams you want to play to find promoted teams it's just not not going to work out, is it?
3: No, I'm going on the basis, you know, respect for Damien what he said there, the resolution was to carry on or basically stop. Now coming up with these convoluted um, ideas, that maybe should have been in the resolution from the league regarding about this. And maybe that, again, it's the problem of the National League sorting this out in the context of, of that, of what are they're going to do it. Was there any communication with the clubs regarding the resolution? Probably not. So, yeah, I think the Gloucester one is a strange one. Uh, I don't think you can mix it up. And I don't think you can have two sides promoted from Conference South and nobody from, from the, the Northern League because you could have the likes of York saying, well, we want to go move into that division, isn't it? Then it all kicks off again. So, it's, it's just such. Every time I think about this, it gets crazier and crazier. And I shake my head thinking, how the hell are they going to get out of this? I just, I've got no idea uh, how the vote's going to go. How, we don't know how many teams are like Dover or like Tunbridge who don't physically want to play on. Dulwich, clearly one of the other ones. But now you've got other sides just rearranging fixtures to get games in. It's just turning into an absolute fuzz. And, and the suspension just seems, the suspension for two weeks and nothing really carried on. No resolution in those three weeks now. It's just, uh, I am lost for words, John, and I'm getting lost for words on this because I am getting fed up talking about it because we wanted, we should be talking about football. But we're talking about decisions by authorities in football who clearly have got no idea and you've got clubs bullying little other clubs, I'm sure, or not bullying, um, lobbying other clubs to get, get going. It's just strange, you know, Haven and Concord so against this for some reason weren't they and in the space of about a week they were well we want to play we want to play what's happened there clearly looking at that thing from tunbridge it can't be the um testing because they basically debunked the testing in one statement saying that it's pretty useless so i just don't understand what's going on is there lobbying by certain clubs to get other clubs to go
0: that is a, a big question and we and we, I, I genuinely don't think we're ever going to know the answers that uh, may united have voted to end the season a uh, statement they put out on their website A couple of days ago says, uh, as most supporters will know, because the ongoing dispute with the National League and its board, we were deprived of some £100,000 of grant funding, which we should have received by now had the board acted according to government guidelines. This has created a significant shortfall of funds. It would be dangerous business practice to to now try and borrow money, putting the club back into debt, possibly having to mortgage the stadium just to play out this damaged season. The National League have now stated that grants are not an option. As a result, we have voted to end the season rather than carry on. So there's another team in the let's, let's knock this all on the head. Camp and and well, they know,
3: but they, they, I presume Maidstone will turn up for games, right not
0: they? I guess so, yeah. But I, I suppose the other point as well is you know, it, if it's a majority vote and it comes down to, I mean, as Damien was saying there, it is going to be close, it is going to be close. But if it comes down to it and a majority are saying no, then that's the way we've got to go. I mean, let's face it, we had a rather large vote that went 52 48 that we had to stick by, uh, despite all the difficulties that that brought about. So it's I understand that the, the hardship, the difficulties and the frustrations of it all. But I just think that that is the fact, isn't it? That that if most teams at that level say they don't want to play, then that's what we've got to go with. If the national league aren't going to stand up and make a decision themselves, then we've got to go by, by what the clubs say. And I mean, I, I'd be fascinated to know what would happen if the, well, we, we kind of saw the football league made the decision about their, about, about their stuff. It, they did very well compared to the National League last year, even though, obviously, they had their critics. But if the National League aren't going to stand up, they've got to listen to the to the clubs. And if the voice of the clubs is, is they want the season to stop, then, unfortunately, the season's got to stop.
3: Yeah. Uh, but it, And but my, clearly, if teams can't play or will put their selves into all sorts of problems financially just to see out the season with no coming in, you cannot do it because we don't want football clubs to die. And if Dover have to take relegation or they expunge their results, I don't know. But I think it will get very messy, particularly in the conference north and the south, to expect to do it from there. But, um, yeah, I think it's just so messy. So, right, it needs to be some balls here. Right, this is right. Clubs, let's go from there. We're going to make an How are we going to find this out? Is there going to be a a tweet by Oli Bayliss, who's been brilliant at this, Nine o'clock Friday night. The votes are in. National North and South, for example, is off. What happens then? Who knows? There's got to be some sort of build-up for this. Just cut right, <laughs> isn't there? We're thinking like, like a a
0: some, some sort of like Saturday night televised like X Factor style thing.
3: There's got, got to be something. You just cut right. I have just got a tweet. Uh, the votes again gone against it. Conference South and North are off. That's it. You know the club. It's just it's just farcical. Absolutely farcical.
0: Yeah, uh, I do want to go back actually and talk a bit more about Fleet because obviously we, we kind of played that interview and then just went off and uh, yeah. talking again good about result. the resolution. really good result for them on on Tuesday night and as I kind of said at the end they're they're finding their feet and that's what what why the frustration is obviously now that things are so uncertain and we knew it was going to be a sort of building season for them but I'm I'm pretty sure that. Dennis Katriebe knows a lot more about National League South football now than he did when he was appointed back in the summer. And I think Ebbsfleet are a better team for that. And and they appear to be strengthening their squad in in, in the right way and, and looking to get everything going in the right direction. And and they seem to be doing that.
3: Yeah, Bingham have got a goal scorer defensively. I see they've got another goalie and they've got goalkeeper problems. But yeah, I think um as Damien said it, you know, when we you know we had him on, we were pretty critical of the appointment because we thought now, where's this guy come from but they're yeah, doing okay i think they'll be happy where they are it's not a, a one-year project it's a two-year project They seems to be working the community though the great effort to get the game on which is great that people are coming in and helping the club out maybe that may have not happened before when they had all the sort of problems with the when the players weren't getting paid etc like that and there seemed to be in a bit of a discourse around the club but damien seems to have turned that around and making the community involved so yeah yep. Yeah, good luck to them um Clearly, they think they can, if they want to carry on the league, you know, the backing they've got, but they've got a squad to get into the playoffs. And it could it could work in their favour from this, from that point of view.
0: And uh, I know they had some problems as well with their stream uh, on, on Tuesday night. And to make matters even worse, uh, Ed, their press guy, messaged me this morning when I was sorting out the Damien interview and said, if anything could go wrong, it did. My jacket zip breaking was the very final straw. And of all the nights for that to happen, that's pretty much the worst, isn't it?
3: Oof, it was, yeah, pretty tasty, yeah, um, weather-wise, wasn't it? Yeah, it doesn't need that. But, good, you know, things like that, and, and going back to the Tumbridge statement as well, all these clubs got all these people like Ed, who, you know, uh, volunteers, doing such a good job for that. And, and I can see why those clubs, you know, they want to keep people getting involved and what it means to the community. So I can see where it comes from here, but it, it still just bemuses me where we're going. I just can't go. Again, People who might be listening to the first time for this, Bob, because we're going to put the Jim Palmer interview out and Jim Palmer's been to on grass, really, in a national league. We might get loads of listeners. They probably think there's a lot of old drivel. Honestly, it's not drivel, because we're just bemused as much of it, the rest of us. Of how if you listen going. to the last
0: like, three or four weeks, we literally have just had this conversation and, and, and,
3: and, 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 over and over. It's just pathetic where we are. How are we going? Uh, how, it's... it's oh. Yeah, I, I, I keep saying the same thing. Oh, oh, oh! But it's just bemusing how we're how we're getting through this. So and it, the next few days, going back to it, are going to be interesting to see how many teams are saying we're not playing. But then you've got other clubs rearranging other fixtures with other clubs. So surely the, the national league is probably not even getting involved in that, apart from saying yeah, you can do that, isn't it? The clubs <laughs> seem to be organising it amongst themselves now, <laughs> isn't it really?
0: Yeah. It's madness. Uh, we will talk about this Tom Ridge Angel statement then, which came out, as I say, earlier on. They had a board meeting on Monday uh, and they say, with no money coming in since December and wages and overhead still to pay out, the club will find itself insolvent by the end of the month. The National League has been informed of this fact. The only clear direction would be to bring the campaign to an end. This would allow players to be furloughed. Even so, there would still be a challenge to meet overhead such as utilities, etc. The only way a suspension can happen would be enough clubs vote for that to occur, whether the outcomes is mainly uncertain. certain. If the vote goes in favour of continuing the competition, then under the league rules we have to continue on, carry on playing. Some clubs have threatened to stop playing. Indeed, some didn't fulfil fixtures last Saturday. But disgracefully, the National League warned clubs who refused to play they would impose sanctions despite the dire financial situation that the clubs find themselves in. How would Thomas Angels carry on playing? We will be forced to severely, capital letters, cut the playing budget, place those first team players who couldn't manage the finan- that financial restriction onto furlough, and basically play scratch sides. If there's no relegation from National North and South, there would be nothing to lose. That, however, begs another in question, which we're still waiting for an answer. The FA needs to decide whether the Northern Premier, Southern, and Leagues are going to be declared null and void for this season, which would mean no promotion from step three to step two and therefore no relegation from step two to step three. Despite the logic of deliberately playing a weakened side to see out the season, there's again the question as whether this would be against league rules. There has been no additional guidance from the National League over this. Uh, this it does continue. Uh, good... Um, a good comment from the chairman, Dave Netherstreet, at the end there says it's a bit like giving sticking plaster to the passengers on the Titanic and saying, don't worry, we'll be OK. And by the way, don't worry about that iceberg you can see. Uh, to sum up the statement, which they've done very handily for us, uh, three bullet points. We are still waiting for two crucial decisions. The vote of the National League clubs to sign the season and the situation in the three leagues below us. Second point, we will do all we can to ensure our position in the National League for next season. The club's future prosperity and success is bound up in that prerequisite. We do not want all the fine work that Steve, Barry, coaches and players have done for all that to go to waste. And the final point, and probably the most salient of them all, the current board are only the caretakers of this club. We wish to ensure there is a club to hand over to our successors and for owners, supporters and the community of the future to enjoy. We've been talking for over half an hour. We've played two interviews in this. We must be over an hour now. Pretty much that's what we've said all the way through, isn't it? We want our clubs to survive.
3: No no club wants to, nobody wants to start, you know, we've, we've lost the Dartfords, the main stages and, and they've come back, and it's taken them a long time to come back to the levels they have would done, but, you know, if, if talking about from my own position, if Dover went out of business, in this certain situation, would there anybody willing to take it on, go back from there? Probably not, because there's no money in in the world at the moment as well to do things like that. So, yeah, that's, you know, it it does concern me that we're going to lose some clubs from this. And I think we're supposed to be a football, a community footballers, football supporters, aren't they? And there doesn't seem to be, because it's just infighting between the clubs and the supporters there uh, regarding this. So, and something from a double point of view, if they were top of the league, could be a totally different thing. But because maybe you can see, if we do get promoted, you're going to get a million pound from the league. So, but they're not. And I'll reiterate again: if, if I had to say that my club survives and we have to be relegated, if it could be sanctions two divisions by the um, thing, we'll take that because the most important thing is that I can go and watch my football at, at my club.
0: Absolutely. Uh, we will talk very quickly about the action on the pitch. from Saturday, Bromley were beaten 2-1 at Weymouth. Uh, they bounced back with a 2-0 win over Lynn Funnily enough, I was just talking about Lynn and I Googled them and, and the, the local paper up there wrote down, Lynn beaten on Bromley's plastic pitch, which is like the most 1980s headline I've seen in quite a while. Um, but uh, but there you go. So a 2-0 win for Bromley um, on Tuesday night. Both of Dover's games were postponed due to the snow. Uh, this weekend, there are Fixtures scheduled, Uh, so we we remain to be seen whether Dover Athletic do indeed travel to FC Halifax Town on Saturday. Uh, Bromley are supposed to be at Wealdstone and then on Tuesday night, Bromley away to Dagenham and Redbridge and Dover, so say away to Sutton Athletic. So we'll find out next week whether those games uh, have gone ahead into the National League South where there were, of course, some fixtures. Uh, Dartford disappointing again for them uh, on Tuesday night, beating 1-0 at home by Eastbourne Borough after a 2-2 draw against uh, against Welling, where Welling were 2-0 up as well. So, disappointment for Steve Lovell. I know he felt he should have won that game. Uh, but Dartford are, are stuttering along at the moment. And Steve Irving did say last week, you know, I don't think we've been playing that well. And th- there might be a little bit of concern creeping in for Dartford on the pitch. Yeah, and some of it points on these
3: sort of things. I know they, they do seem to have an influx of players every week. Um, players coming in... I know that's Steve King's management because he knows so many players and uses players he can trust from there. But the constant changing of a side may be causing sort of issues. I know they're desperate to get a striker in who's more consistent. So maybe that's not working there. I suppose they've played 19 games, but other other sides got game in hand with them. You wouldn't think maybe the title's there. But, yeah, you need to get a bit more consistency going forward. And I, I, I'm not a great believer of changing... Switching your squads around and bringing players in and out. It must be a bit worrying for the players as well, getting that sort of consistency and working together with it.
0: Yeah, also on Saturday, uh, Tommy James were beaten 3 0 at home by Hampton and Richmond Borough, who obviously then went on to lose to United on Tuesday night, as we've already discussed. Uh, Maidstone were in FA Trophy action on Saturday. Uh, incredible game for them against Hornchurch, and it ended in a 5 4 defeat with the winning goal for the Essex club coming deep into stoppage time. But I'd imagine, Matt, once that draw came out on Monday and Hornchurch were sent up to uh, the home of my goddaughter Darlington, I'm pretty sure Maidstone were like, well, dodged a bullet there.
3: Yeah, I see the, I See the, um, I think that if, you, even if, you, if you win, you get seven grand, but if you lose, you get two grand. So it'll probably cost Hornchurch more than two grand to get there. So I know the <laughs> Maidstone fans weren't particularly impressed if you, See the highlights. Some of the goals they conceded were pretty shocking. And to be fair to Hornchurch, they've played like three games since October. But and up, well, as a Hornchurch, some of those players have been loaned out left, right and centre. But yeah, disappointing result. Maybe Maystone could have gone, used that competition as a, as a trying to get to Wembley and that thing to get some um, A and some money. And that's what the competition's a bit bizarre as well, John, because clubs in the north who said they want to stop, like including Darlington, are quite happy to playing a trophy because there's money involved. So, and again, that's, again, the National League being a little bit strange because surely they say, if you're not playing in this, you shouldn't play in any competition. So, which, I don't, which I, but I can see why they're doing it because there's some money involved in that. There's no money in the league games.
0: Yeah. And of course, I, I, I always say I don't find other people's disappointment amusing, but I did find the final tweet, uh, the final whistle tweet from uh, the very sweary uh, at PP stone Twitter account on Saturday's game, quite funny um and that account is is a must follow if you are over a certain age but if you're under that age give it a swerve they're not the uh, most pc shall we say as fixtures scheduled in the national league south over the weekend i could just chuck all the balls up in the air and see what comes down of whether these any of these are actually going to be played uh dartford are supposed to be at Billericky, maidstone at braintree welling at chippenham welling welling are going
3: playing dorking now apparently
0: are they? I mean, Chippingham was already off. Yeah. Are running the league. <laughs> yeah, they are. That's right. Yes, because welling's game at Chippenham was called off. That hasn't been updated on the fixtures I'm looking at, but that game has been called off. So they're apparently now playing Dorking, who were supposed Dorking to not be playing, playing at all. Doing
3: a lot of things, Dorking, don't
0: they? Yeah, I think I think they want to get promoted. I think <laughs> <they've>...
3: <laughs> I've got that. Yeah, they seem to be. Uh, yeah, I think maybe go to if you want to find out what's happening, go to Dorking because they seem to know what's
0: happening a lot more than the league. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if they're the promotion on who wants it the most, there's no doubt who's going to go up, is there? Uh, Episcopal United away to Haven and on Saturday. Tumbridge Angels at home to St Albans City. Uh, and then Tuesday night, more fixtures. Maidstone at Dulwich apparently. Tumbridge Angels are home to Bath, apparently. Welling against Ebb Street, that will probably go ahead because I think they're both still up for it. So, uh, yeah, who knows? But we'll, we'll discuss what Dulwich action there is though, or just,
3: isn't. Just sit down, kick off and just sit down and just talk amongst themselves.
0: Be like that game Scotland played against no exactly, one.
3: Exactly, yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> that could well be that, that, that basis. I know it's Yeah. It, yeah. Well, I think Dulwich, you know, you know, Dulwich are one of these clubs that, comes out with this you know that you know they're they're quite diligent maystone are sensible clubs i'll leave it at that yes
0: a uh, couple of uh, other bits of news, some sad news from uh, folks in Victor today, uh, who say on Twitter they've received some unfortunate news that one of their loyal supporters, Harry Lester, uh, has passed away. Uh, all of us at the club are saddened by this and our thoughts and prayers are with Dean, Ricky and Donna at this time. Uh, Harry always had a smile on his face, that added alongside Ted. They made coming to folks in a joy. Match days won't be the same again. We we're absolutely devastated as Harry we always made a smile and always a time to chat to us, a, few, a true FIFC legend. Uh, so yeah, thoughts with uh, all of Harry's family and, and uh, on, on that sad loss. Um, Let's we forget, Matt. We still got um, other divisions that was mentioned by In Summer Angels in their statement. Who, who we don't know what's going on the Isthmian League uh, and the the I've just been on both those websites. There's not much going on uh, in terms of much being said at all. But I did receive uh, word the other day that apparently there was some. Uh, the Alliance Committee met last week to discuss. Uh, The results of a survey. Uh, One interesting answer. This is from at Project Non League on Twitter. On their Twitter handle is at Project Non League without the U E and a one. Uh, One interesting question we can answer is that is whether last season's results could be could legally be used by the FA to help assist with determining on field performance. The answer is yes. Uh, whether that means they could use a combined points tally last season's results only this season's results only or clubs apply for promotion up within the women's league we don't know these options are available to help do the restructure should they wish to hashtag restructure now and i'm a big fan matt regardless of what goes on in the national league of evening out these divisions they want to get this restructure done there are teams who deserve to be promoted not just on this season but on last season as well and i think if they can do that sensibly they should just get it done. Get it all evened up so we don't have the farce of all oh, some teams going up, other teams don't fewer relegation places. Let's get all these divisions to twenty four for the start of next season, whenever that may be.
3: Yeah, it's gone quiet. I hadn't really thought about it. I was under the impression that the feeder leagues into the into the conference pyramid basically had stopped, but they haven't said anything if it's going to stop, are they? No. Clearly, they're not going to. Clearly, I wouldn't have thought they're going to be start playing. So. So how, so they could, so folks that will be doing all right. Could folks to be, would only be, is only do you promotion team? So you merge your results like Worthing are doing quite well, haven't they? Yeah,
0: so Worthing and Cry, Worthy and Cray are clear in the Eastman League Premier Division.
3: Right, so over the last two seasons, they will be promoted?
0: Yeah.
3: Right. Would there then, is that, because it's 21 teams in the um,
0: South at the moment, isn't it? So the South are looking for more teams. Yeah, that, that's the thing is they want to get... The, the the plan was for this season to to get it up back... Because they were only going to have one relegation place from the, the National League South and then potentially four teams coming into it to get it up to 24, which is what their their ultimate aim is. So you've got... So the aim is 24 in the National League, 24 in the next two, then four below that, eight below that, and a proper, a proper actual not lopsided pyramid, which is what yeah. everybody wants. So I think they've got to find a way. They've got time now. They've, they've got at least seven months to sit there and say, let's find a way of, of sorting out this pyramid. But again, the problem is that's going to take some leadership from someone and no one's willing to do that. So unless this all becomes the Ken Olly podcast pyramid and we organize it all, I don't think it's going to happen.
3: Talking can help us out.
0: <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Absolutely.
3: Uh, no, but Yeah. Well, well, I, uh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to the impression there wouldn't be any relegation because there's no promotion from the other leagues. But again, that could be their get-out here. We got, we want to get the numbers up.
0: Yeah. National League. That, I, I firmly believe there should be no... It, I don't want to see anyone relegated on two season points per game. I don't want to see anyone relegated on, on anything silly like that. But where there are gaps, let's fill those gaps.
3: Yeah, I think that, that makes a wise decision. So, um, so that, could make, that could make the... Uh, if David get relegated and nobody comes up from the Kent point of view, the, Kent, the conference South next season could be a really good Kent dominated cool. division.
0: Yeah. Could it ever? That'd be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, well, yeah. Anything else going on? Let's just talk about um, other stuff for I'm a while. Um,
3: not really. Um, uh, no, no. Again, I've, been, I've still been going to bed at nine o'clock. Is, <laughs> um, Are you in your gym jams now? And no, because we were watching the telly. The kids went up to bed. Um, Still in my, I'm watching a bit of Spurs against Everton. That's on the telly. Um, no, but it's just, yeah, it's just Groundhog Day. Everybody's sort of saying this. So, and I'm led to believe that the kids were, you know, an announcement. My kids won't go back on the eighth anyway, so because they're they're a bit older than that. So it's just and I, and what they mentioned about Grant chap saying, well, don't book any holidays locally or internationally. I mean. It's probably not good for your business if if any of this is true because. Clearly, some of them aren't talking from the same him sheet, are
0: they? Well, no, because Matt Hancock announced yesterday he was going to Cornwall in the summer. Um, but then, yeah, Shaps has come out today and said, don't book anything. I don't want to get anyone's hopes up. But it's insane. You know, I get everything that's going on. But are we all just got to sit and live like, like monks until there's no cases? Because we managed to... July and August were absolutely lovely months. And and the, and the cases were low. The, the death numbers were thankfully low. We were open. People were, were travelling. And, and it all seemed to be fine. And then everything changed when the schools went back. My, my only hope is I'm looking forward to the schools going back and the cases rising. And then they can't pin it on hospitality this time because we've really taken a, a, a rough trot from this. And I, I, I've said a few times that I feel like we're a bit of a forgotten sector um, bed and breakfast I, f- I feel like when whenever they make all the announcements they always mention pubs and restaurants they never mention us they never think about us but it, we can't afford to be shut all year i mean by by no uh but by, by no way can we afford to be shut all year so
3: Do you still get people contacting you or is that dried up as well
0: no it's, it's dried up no no not many people are booking i mean normally this year this time of year people are starting to book their holidays for the summer and think about things we, we're the phone isn't ringing we've had a few people phone up and book but you know people and I understand that the uncertainty and my only hope is that it'll be like last summer ultimately was which was when people know they can travel people will travel
3: yeah well maybe hopefully this roadmap that is coming out of it it can be good for things like that yeah it, it doesn't help that you got one one of the so-called politicians saying one thing and one thing the other so that doesn't give any because you've got the media just building it up, building it up and building it up, isn't it? So they seem to be... They seem to love a bit of bad news on this. And all we want is good news, isn't it? The media.
0: Mm. Yeah, exactly. It's really it's uh, So you've been watching the telly. What are you watching? Uh,
3: the Drowning we watched. Mm. Did you watch that?
0: Yeah, we did. What a terrible ending.
3: <laughs> I it was... It was one of these... How many holes were in that... Um, Plot
0: as many were as in the the boat I think
3: (laughs) yeah it was it it was the first few episodes I didn't think were that bad but then there's so many holes in the plot
0: I reckon and I mean normally I'm I'm, normally we look at things and say well they've rushed that end in there I reckon they could have done that in two episodes and really had something a lot more plausible at the end than oh yeah i accidentally drowned him but i didn't want anyone to know and uh, and then him drowning himself which was just the, f- i mean that last scene when they were row- rowing away in the boat was just absolute farce it wasn't oh ridiculous
3: yeah it, yeah it was but again it's a bit like these things mate i've watched three hours of it before i might as well give up <laughs> one more hour if if we were going oh if you were doing something your life would do it, but then, as there's nothing on, you just go and just watch it.
0: Because yeah, exactly. We watch but, it. We're, uh, we're just watching the second series of Afterlife. We're watching Bulletproof, which we really like on Sky. Uh, and apart from that, it's all just, you know, just we've been watching some rubbish. We've been watching Beat the uh, the Chasers Road Trip. That was quite good fun. Uh, Gordon Ramsay's uh, To Hell and Back in 24 Hours. That's quite good as well. But we just, you know, it's just anything to take us away from the mundanity of life the highlight of our day to day we walk to the fish and chip shop that's how it, rock and roll our lives have become
3: did you are you a battered sausage or a
0: fish man uh well we normally have fish and then get a battered sausage to chair to share so mm. i was thinking <laughs> i was saying about this the other day a few weeks ago back in the summer um i was working here and Haley was going out for the evening and because uh, i was working i walked past the chippy and i just and i just said to hayley when i walked past it i was like i really fancied, i'm gonna go and get chippy for lunch so i had a, i had a puck of pie and chips and it's not my normal sort of thing you know i eat quite well but i really did enjoy that that once i don't think
3: i've ever had a pack of pie
0: it's got to be in the in the right circumstances from the chippy is is the ideal one but um but yeah uh what else have i been up to not a lot
3: not no working i'm off next week so
0: um yeah, yeah I, well i start work next week so uh, exciting times well, for well, i think
3: so will you chelsea at home next week
0: no their uh first leg is in budapest oh, right, Yeah. because uh, it's just been moved and announced that they're not actually home until the 17th of march so it's the last possible day they can be at home so got a bit of a while before i have to the make mo- the pilgrimage well, yeah, up it to london well
3: that's a, that is a bit of a long trek from there so but be, you'll be
0: uh, watching other games will you yeah, so I'll be covering a game, uh, be covering games Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday next week and the week after. And I think it's a week's break and then back to it. Uh, apart from obviously when Chelsea play, but I'll just be yeah, just be covering whatever comes my way. I, was, it's, uh, I think now we do. Is it this stage where there's a couple of us doing it, so it could be different, doing different things. But yeah, yeah. So just going to be back. I'm just glad to be back, having something to focus on rather than uh, all this. Uh, Silly nonsense so which be just. be
3: a Spurs fan, John, because I've just turned my head and, and they were one and up and now they're two one down.
0: Oh dear, that's so, not you know, gone well, has it?
3: Mourinho will not be uh, putting the app and all I ever saw was that Spurs were all over but didn't score or didn't oh get dear. a second now they're two from there. So you know, Mourinho. He'll be managing the National League South team so the way he's going.
0: <laughs> At Dover? Mm, no uh, no well He's, uh, to be fair he plays the sort of anti-football that you would really enjoy <laughs> chris Kinnear didn't play anti-football i'll say that sometimes sometimes no, But it's not necessarily about that but you personally yeah exactly yeah he plays that um jose likes a big a big lad I, I reckon jose would get the best out of aziz Rose and Effiong, definitely.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's yeah, uh... yeah, so just to see what happens, mate. I, I'm sure I end each episode by saying, "Oh, this time next week we know what's going on." So, and do I, I, you know what the most exciting thing? i'm tr- If it doesn't, how are we going to find out it's ending A one-word <laughs> press, press release.
0: Oh, press you just release. just like someone tweeting out, like, "It's over."
3: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, one line. But not conference north and conference south
0: they'll oh, I bet it's, this is here you go this is what I reckon will happen the, the National League will send out a press release to all of the National League clubs North National League National League North National League South they'll send it out to all the clubs they'll stick an, an embargo on it and <laughs> one club will break it <laughs> so they'll yeah. try and embargo it for like three o'clock and then as soon as it arrives in like someone's inbox someone will be like yeah i have some of this and we'll all find out and then it'll all be like well why aren't they actually commented i was embargoed till three o'clock <laughs> uh that's what i reckon will happen anyway we will see what happens between now and our show next week you can keep up to date with everything that's going on by following us on twitter at kent NL podcast you find us on facebook as well search for kent non-league podcast on twitter i'm at john phipps 81 matt is at matthew underscore gerard uh, thank you so much to our guests this week jim Parment, and Damien Irvine really really appreciate uh, their time and and it does mean a lot to us that people in positions at football clubs are prepared to come and talk to us on our show because in the, the day this is just a silly little thing that we started doing uh nearly four years ago but um it's just a silly little football podcast with, with two blokes. And I know, obviously, we have got a bit of a background in it, but we do appreciate everybody who wants to come on the show. And we also, of course, appreciate every single person who listens. We'd be nothing without you. We'd just be two people talking into headsets, um, talking absolute nonsense, but there you go. Well, that,
3: um, that, again, again, please, you know, if you're listening for the first time, I am a Dover Athletic fan, so please don't abuse me too much. <laughs> so it's my, you know, that's
0: all i can say really that's at matthew underscore gerard that's m-a-t-t-h-e-w underscore g-e-r-r-a-r-d matthew underscore gerard don't forget if you want to abuse him that is the way to find him i can give you his number as well it's so, so... <laughs> so yeah no. so yeah dover do seem to be everybody hates dover so there you go no, i don't I, I i pity them anyway thank you everybody for listening to this week's show and uh, we will speak to you all next week on the Ken only podcast This is the end, my only friend, the end.